You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. All right, Farrell on the bench. Hour number two with Carver High. Toll free, 844-843-6879. The number to get on the bench. Later this hour, your boy, the Yammer, Mike Yam, coming up here in a few minutes from uh, Sirius XM. He does everything. I mean, I I can't even keep track of it. He used to be on he's, the uh, oh, he used to be yeah. on the uh, Pac-12 Network. Now he's on a Sirius XM, and I believe he's on uh, College Sports Radio, Pac-12 Radio, NFL Network. He's I mean, this yeah, guy's he like, was. He was on the college sports radio over the weekend, uh, covering all the tournament games, talking Pac-12, etc. And now tonight he's in Seattle because he's hosting part of the NFL Network coverage of the Washington Huskies Pro Day tomorrow. Because you know they got to go watch all the guys run around in shorts for all these pro days. Yammer in Seattle for the Huskies Pro Day tomorrow. Oh, is that where he is? Yeah, he went up to Seattle. He flew there this afternoon. And who's on that team having a pro day besides no one? <laughs> like I said, it's, you know, NFL Network's got a lot of time to fill, you know, between now and the draft. They got to hit all the pro days. And the Yammer has been at all the Pac-12 schools. I saw them with NFL Network at Stanford, I think, last week. And now tomorrow he's at Washington. So the Yammer's been everywhere. And then he's doing the college sports radio on the weekend. Sweet. Uh, so my lady Hoosiers are going to lose. They're down seven with a minute left, and that'll be that. And then uh, we got on the men's side, Baylor up 46-38 on Arkansas at the half. Winner goes to the Final Four. Loser cries and goes home. That's how that works. Anyway, Yammer's coming up soon. Uh, going on right now, I'm watching this game. Uh, the Bucks. At the half, down 57-55 to the Clippers. The Warriors lead the Bulls by five at the half. I just saw uh, Daniel Tice with a poster jam on Wiseman for the Bulls. He's with the Bulls now after leaving the Celtics in a trade. And then the uh, Jazz are imploding on the Cavs. 101-69, Utah just killing uh, the Cavaliers tonight. So there you go. And then hockey, Carver High, very excited. Avs up 3-1 early in the third on the Ducks. The Jets now 2-1 on the Flames. Carver High, you're almost there. Three goals after one. Love it. And then the Gotta Kings have it. Are, Kings up one nothing on the Knights. And the second just started. Wild lead in San Jose, one nothing. So I hit the Oilers overtime game over the Leafs. I hit the Flyers overtime game over the Sabres, 4-3. And the Penguins, uh, 2-1 over the Islanders. The Islanders uh, lose to the Penguins. They've lost 6 of 8 to them. And now all the rest of the games are live as we speak. So today, uh, the Yankees played their last spring training game down at uh, Steinbrenner Field in Tampa. And Aaron Judge didn't feel well. We welcome in our radio affiliate, Sirius XM, Mightier 1090, San Diego, Sports Map Radio, Sports Byline, USA, Armed Forces Radio all over the world. Hoorah, soldier, hoorah. It's for all on the bench with Carver High, 844-843-6879 to get on the bench. So uh, Aaron Judge had, uh, like, he was under the weather, and he sat. Then they worried. Then they got him uh, tested for COVID. From what I heard, he uh, passed the test. He does not have COVID. 
So he just took the day off, apparently, not feeling well. And then Thursday, they open up at Yankee Stadium. Now, the word is, and I heard him today crying about it. It was it was embarrassing listening to him. Ken Singleton and Paul O'Neill crying about the weather and Meredith Moragovitz crying about like, honestly, you should have heard him. We're going to go up there. We've had we've got Florida blood right now. We, we we've been in this heat and humidity and now we're going up to the game on Thursday. It's going to be raining and 40. It's going to be awful. It's just going to be terrible conditions. It's going to be freezing. You know, when you live here in New York City and it's been snowing and blowing and freezing and blizzards and ice storms and shoveling driveways and missing, I mean, people not being able to work, uh, the COVID's out of control here. It's out of control again in New York and New Jersey. I don't know if you knew that or not, Carver High. It's, we're the highest two states in the country right now. And uh, to hear them crying about going to opening day and it's going to rain and be 40 is like, I'm just like, shut your mouth. Honestly, I was like, oh, my God, listening to him cry about the weather. Are you kidding me? We've been living in this crap forever. I mean, it was 50, like what, 52 something today. And uh, the chopper went to the, the Six Flags. She was riding roller coasters in this. Oh, she loves going there. She goes there all the time. She was riding roller coasters in this. I was like, it's freezing outside. She's like, you're a wuss. And then I got to listen to Meredith cry about 40 in rain. They should cancel the game now if the Yankees aren't mad enough to play in a little rain and 40-degree weather. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. I throw on a bench. They're listening in uh, Charlotte tonight, Carver High. My boy Simmons just checked we, in. We love yeah. Charlotte. It's a great town. Yeah. He just checked in because the uh, I believe the Lady Hoosiers are down 10 with under a minute to go, and they're going to fail to get to the uh, Final Four. Failure is not an option. It was a good run. Not good enough, apparently. Sometimes you have to just call it what it is. We'll talk about Mike Woodson later on this very show. Remind me, I have early for Alzheimer's. I'll forget. All right, the yammer is in the hizzy. Are you kidding me? I always get excited when we got 
the Yammer on. Mike Yam from uh, Sirius XM College Sports Radio, Pac-12 Radio, NFL Network. He's very busy. He's off and running at Pac-12 Pro Days. I believe he's going to the Husky Pro Day tomorrow. One question, Yammer. I love you. It's good to have you back on the bench. Uh, who is uh, there to watch anyone that plays at Washington <laughs> in all series? <laughs> well, Pharrell, first of all, always good to be with you. I am in Seattle. I will be at the Pro Days tomorrow for NFL Network. And to be fair, the, the NFL is littered with secondary guys from Washington. I was going through some of the numbers there. 30 picks in the last two seasons from UW secondary guys. Kevin King, one of those dudes who just got paid. Buda Baker, Taylor Rabb. You can name a bunch of them. Scott, you're a couple of years older than I am. You might remember Alex Molden, who was a first-round pick. His son, Elijah Molden, might be a first-round talent. I think he's probably the next great corner that, that'll come out of UW. And then Levi Onzerike, who is a defensive tackle who's just a one-man wrecking crew. So that's going to be my focus. And they got some other gems. Uh, Joe Tryon certainly comes to mind. And Keith Taylor, who's got uh, a ton of length there and, and another really talented uh, DB. Well, how about that, Carver Hyde? Did you see uh, the Yammer just slap me down at the rim with the <laughs> lack of knowledge about the Washington Husky football program? As I was, I was like Arkansas going to the ten against Baylor tonight with like a, a you know the SWAT right back at you, and then I dated your girlfriend too before the end of the night. The Yammer, Carver Hyde, did you see that SWAT? Right back to the rim. All right. Uh, it was actually backwards toward the other end of the floor in a dunk, actually. Uh, I was going for the rim, and I was I, I succumbed to the pressure of the yammer. Uh, so how many pro days have you been to? Uh, Carver Hyde told me you went to Stanford's, or you're going there, or how many have you gone to already? Yeah, no, I was I uh, I was at Stanford about a week and a half ago. I think it was a week and a half ago, Pharrell. I am. I gotta be honest with you. I can't keep track of the days at this point with all the tournament <laughs> stuff and then prepping some of the, this pro day situation here. Uh, so UW, this will be my second one. I'm not sure about future assignments, but to be honest with you, man, they just point me in a direction and I just go. Um, and I feel like that's been the case the last couple months and certainly over the last year with COVID, but nonetheless, still thrilled to, to have the work. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just excited, man. Let's, let's, let's roll here. All right, so let me ask you. Uh, so at the same time, have you been uh, following, uh, obviously, all these Pac-12 success stories oh, yeah. in the NCAA basketball tournament? It really is unbelievable. And you still have USC and UCLA both playing tomorrow night. Yeah. Oregon State lost tonight. What do you think of the run uh, all these uh, Pac-12 teams have been on? It's been absolutely incredible, and I've had a very close eye on, on this NCAA tournament because of some of the shows that I've been working on on SiriusXM Radio. But, you know, Pharrell, you used the term unbelievable, and I think you would agree sometimes in sports we use it as a clutch, uh, a crutch, and, you know, we, we'll throw terms like that out there, but it is so appropriate to use that word to describe this run from the conference. I don't think anyone would have had uh, the league have this much success. I thought that there were some individual matchups that were really good for them. Um, you know, Oregon and Iowa, I felt good about that matchup. I thought SC w would beat Kansas. I didn't see them smacking Kansas. I didn't see Iowa getting obliterated. UCLA's been playing with a chip on their shoulder, an impressive one, probably the best game that we've had in the tournament against Alabama yesterday. So, there's been a lot to follow, and look, I mean, even Oregon State, they lose, but does anyone sit there and go, hey, they didn't belong against a two-seed in Houston? Now, granted, I know the halftime score wasn't pretty, but, you know, once again, a gutsy performance. They grinded out, and they made that thing competitive, and it was fun to watch. So I, I can't be happier for a lot of these student-athletes, the coaches, their families, because you know this as well as anyone, because I know – you pay attention to what's happening on the West Coast. I've been on with you over the last couple of years or so, and I, I know you give attention to the Pac-12. Sure. We both know the narrative hasn't been good in college football. It hasn't been great in college basketball. But this year, you know, the league should be soaking this up because they, they've gotten hit pretty good. And I'll be honest with you, man, like I thought last year the league was actually primed for a really significant run. And for context, 10 players from the Pac-12 were drafted, six in the first round, four in the second round. If you go to NBADraft.net, which is, I know I get it, it's like not the end end all, but it's a gauge. Right now, the league's got three first-rounders and, and one guy in the second round. So 
I actually think the league was better a year ago, but you know the cookie you know crumbled where for everyone where we didn't have a have a tournament. But nonetheless, I think this is still just a magnificent run for a lot of these teams. What do you think uh, will happen tomorrow night with uh, the? Uh, Mobley brothers and USC yeah. and and what do you think? Uh, well, why don't we just do that game first, then we'll talk UCLA really quick. Yeah, you know, to me, I think that this has got the potential to be the most difficult game for Gonzaga. We all know that the championship, though, you want to win a Natty, it's going to go through Mark Few's team. So. It doesn't matter if you're playing them to get to the Final Four. You're playing them in the Final Four, a national championship. does not matter. Um, you know, they're the best team in college basketball. But SC's length that you made reference to with the Mobleys, they're one of the longest teams in the entire country. We saw what that zone defense was able to do against a really athletic Oregon squad. I don't know if I'd have the cojones to pick SC against Gonzaga, but I, I do think that this is going to be their toughest matchup. And I actually think this is a close basketball game, which is, by the way, something that – Mark Few's team hasn't had to deal with so far this year. I mean, they are obliterating the competition. And even in their non-conference, they had a lot of success against teams that are playing in the NCAA tournament this year. So to me, I think it's going to be a tough matchup. But once again, I, I, I think Gonzaga's got a lot of firepower. And I think the biggest question is, can SC get it done offensively? I think they can slow down Gonzaga's offense just a touch, but they, they got to score buckets. Yeah, they better be ready for that pick and roll because uh, I've never seen a team shoot so many G-damn layups in my life and dunks uh, off yeah. of just bounce pass, pick and roll, like NBA-style offense where they just screen and roll and they just get – I've never seen such ball dribble penetration with bounce passes and no-look passes and layups. It's embarrassing. Uh, their offense is so yeah. ahead of its time. In fact, uh, you know – I, I'm you know I'm an Indiana guy. So uh, what Indiana did in '76, I I've stood by that my whole life, and I want to see it stand. So I've been betting against uh, Gonzaga left and right, and I got to tell you the sores <laughs> on my ass cheeks, the the paddling I've taken from betting against Gonzaga, like the Creighton bet. I asked Carver High, I got I got fraternity paddle warts on my ass from the beating I took this weekend from that. I have giant red kisses on my ass cheeks. All right, so uh, I'm not betting against Gonzaga anymore. I want USC to win. I'm rooting for them. I'm pulling for them, and they'll, I, I still think they lose by 15. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, UCLA, I got respectfully one minute. How do you think they'll do against the Wolverines? All right, I, I think they have shown that they're one of the tougher teams in the tournament right now. They are very hard to stop when that offense is going. I think, you know, Michigan right now, the one thing that scares me if I'm a UCLA fan is against Alabama. You saw some of those guards just kind of do some blow-bys past UCLA. Athletically, right. Michigan's got some dudes, so I do think it becomes a difficult matchup. But look, if it's close, I'm going to go with the Bruins down the stretch. They just figure out ways to get it done. Yeah, I got a problem with that. Smith, and I think uh, Wagner is going to be a nightmare. I, I think the yeah. Mobley guys are going to be worried yeah. about uh, Dickinson. Meanwhile, the guy, Wagner, is playing like Wagner. I'm not talking about Mo Wagner. I'm talking about the guy that played, like, you know, concert music, like the piano. Yammer, have fun at Pro Day with uh, Washington tomorrow. Good having you You're on the, the best, brother. man. I love you. Stay healthy. Here he is, Mike Yammer. Yeah. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. 
the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay. You know what I did, uh, Carver? How you would have been proud of me this weekend? Uh, I I did nothing, but I did watch uh, every video that Motley Crue ever made, and I watched about five of their concerts live from start to finish over like two and a half hour long concerts from Moscow and from Philly and from uh, I mean everywhere. I watched, so I tried to keep it in the eighties because they were so yeah. much better then. You know oh. when they were young, when he Moscow. was young. He could sing, and when he's old, it's so embarrassing listening to him sing now. Like, it's so bad. Uh, but that's what happens to rockers' voices, right, when they get older. And um, I still don't think Axel sounds good. People say he does when he was doing no, ACDC. And when we, saw him, when we saw him live at the at this, uh, Giant Stadium, right, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah, it's exactly. Giant Stadium to me, right? Uh, so when we saw him there two nights in a row, you saw him two nights in a row. I went once. Slash gave me tickets, and I uh, I I thought uh, Axel sucked, but uh, I listened to Vince Neil like recently do a concert. They like did one in twenty or whatever or something like yeah. that. It was so brutal. bad. It was brutal. it was brutal. It, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so bad. Like even the rock and roll can't cover it up. Usually, the what'll happen is that when the guy loses his voice and gets crappy, at least Guns and Roses knows how to hide the fact that Axel can't sing anymore. Right. Right. Fair enough. Do, would you agree with that? No, it's 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 very true. Now I'll get I'll say this about Axel. I was really worried going into that because I had right. seen some clips of him leading right. up to it, and it just sounded man, oh. But he did work into that tour in the summer because that was their first like real official tour back, and he sounded a lot better than he had the years before. But it still wasn't excellent. And Neil, forget about it. I mean, you listen to him now. I mean, he sounds just awful. There's there's very few guys, Scotty, <laughs> who could still keep it going. When they get into their fifties and sixties and whatnot, when they're you know the the rockers like that, one guy who has, I give him a ton of credit is Hagar. Like you go yeah, listen Sammy to Hagar. Same Sammy can still belt it like he did back in the day. Like Sammy still wails. Like it's just it, it's awesome. You're right. You're right. But I had I had all those videos. It's funny you say that because when I was twelve or thirteen, I had a VHS tape. Motley Crue, Decade of Decadence, VHS, and it had all right. their music videos Fabulous. from the 80s on it. So all the songs from Dr. Feelgood, all, Smoking in the Boys Room from Theater of Pain, it had, it had <laughs> all of it. It was unbelievable. I'm a 13-year-old kid watching this VHS tape of Motley Crue, uh, you know, girls, girls, girls down at the strip uh, club in Jacksonville. Uh, I mean, what a, uh, what a scene. At oh. the dollhouse and Volata. Oh, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. Uh, I thought, uh, and I watched every interview that they did when they were young, and then uh, and and then I topped it off. You won't even believe this. I topped it off for the uh, you know whipped cream and cherry. I watched uh, Vince, the haunting of Vince Neil, where the chick, the you know the yeah. Long Island medium or whatever, goes around with the people that he's have seen haunted ghosts. now. Right, he's haunted, all right. Haunted, your boy Vince <laughs> Neil is haunted. But I saw him. Remember, I told you I saw him at the Cove and. I saw him at the Cove in uh, the Bahamas at, at uh, whatever that place is called again. Uh, you know, the Atlantis, right? So I stayed at the Cove, which is their like uh, high end side and uh, expensive side. And I stayed there and I had like a fat pad there, like a suite or something. And I went with 34C. We went down to the pool and there's good old Vince and he's wrapped around like 20 chicks, barely dressed at all, as I like to say, scantily clad. And they were all just pounding champagne and chain smoking cigarettes and doobies at the pool. 
and it was just fantastic. And I felt really proud for him uh, because he was fat and old. And I was like, he's still getting action. Just a piece of the action. Uh, uh, uh. Remember that one? Oh, such a great tune. They had so many good ones in the 80s. I mean, just so many great songs. Right? Uh, they so just don't make music like this anymore. They just don't make music like it anymore. No, it's awful. It's, it's awful. So when I listen, I listen to punk, old punk, and I listen to, uh, you know, really old shred bands like, you know, that you like uh, as well as I like, the you know, I can listen to that old stuff like Nirvana stuff till I'm blue in the face and all those type bands, grunge bands and, and, and the like. But I got to tell you, you know, you know, I like the metal bands and I knew all of them. I knew I knew Guns and Roses. I knew uh, Motley Crue. I'm friends with several of them and Metallica. And all I know is uh, when I watch the videos, I can only watch the, the ones I like the best are when they're young. You know, when they were when they were popular and high right. and selling 30 million albums and they were the biggest rock band in the world and they were in their 20s, they were 22. I'll never forget watching interviews with him when they were 22. He's like, I'm 22. I want to get laid. I want to drink and I want to ride a Harley and I don't want any wife. I don't want anything. You talked like, to party. the Rolex wearing... Diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun, and I'm having a hard time holding these alligators down. They showed, uh, they showed his uh, car collection that he had. Uh, he had like he had like 35 sports cars, Vince Neil, and then they showed they had like they had their own plane. Uh, they had mansions. Uh, they had interview. They interviewed them all, and Tommy's like, "I can't even make it to practice." <laughs> he goes, "I can't even." Where's practice? <laughs> I I won't be there. He's just he's like, "I'm hammered. I got 15 chicks over here in a hot tub." It was unbelievable. Anyway, that's what I did this weekend. I watched that. I watched. Uh, I mean, nonstop, just so I wouldn't lose track of it. You know, in my brain. So that I would remember them. And I watched them at their youngest when they literally were 22, 23, 24 years old. And they got huge so fast and uh, shouted the devil and all those albums you were rattling off. I remember them like it was yesterday. And I, I went to see them even then and uh, multiple times, right? They were fantastic. And and then when I saw them like last year or whatever playing, it was it was so embarrassing. I was just like, oh, no. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. I was like, this can't be happening. It's just so it's so difficult to absorb Carver High when your favorite rock bands get fat and old. It's yeah. so awful. It's not the same now. Music's not, not the same. same either. It's not the same. Music in general isn't. and. Um, you know, there's no bands like that anymore. They don't make music and, 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 you know, personalities and stuff like that. Like those, yeah, those yeah. bands in the eighties and early nineties. And it's just totally different ball game now. Right. I can't even you imagine I Motley Crue bursting onto the scene today in today's world. They wouldn't make it. They wouldn't make it five minutes. They'd get, they'd get, you know, taken off TV, taken off of concerts, taken off of everywhere <laughs> With, because of their behavior. Of course, yeah. Yeah, you're right. No question. Yeah, now you have to be a complete wuss bag to be in music. I mean, honestly, they got to be like Christian and nice. And what what do they do dangerous in music anymore? Anything besides nothing? There's very few. Think about it. I mean, there's very few, you know, um, you know, hard asses in rock anymore. I mean, there's just there's now. Listen, there's. I mean, who is really? There? There's not. I mean, I mean, I mean, mega, mega. Okay, well, known one. people. The only, the only, the only guy that still has a lot of you know notoriety in the public. Who's Dave Grohl. Yeah, it's Grohl. He's still badass. I think Grohl's still pretty badass. Fair enough, but he's not like he, now. There are badass yeah, guys he, in, in he's metal awesome. bands. Yeah, he's awesome. There's badass but, guys in metal bands, but nobody knows who they are. Right, well, he, he's awesome, and I'll give you that. You're right. There are guys in metal bands that are uh, definitely scary and intense and and showmen and everything else. Fair enough, because 
I remember when I was at Sirius Jose and I'd go to all these metal shows, Mangan, and I'd be at all these metal shows. And there are tons of great metal bands to this day, but no one knows any of them, right? There's like, you know, you have to be in the business to know them, right? Fair enough. Like, you know, he knows them. That kid knows them. That guy, because he's in the business. He is Mr. Metal, right? So he knows every band and every uh, guy in the band and what, uh, you know, instruments they play, the whole deal. Uh, no one else, like, who knows that stuff anymore, honestly? And don't even tell me I'm old. I'm right. And you're right. It's just no it's one so knows true. any of them. It's so true. No one knows any of them. But I do know this, that uh, I saw, and, and the funniest thing tonight, when I saw that ad about what well, you sent me an ad about a, a company that I don't like, and uh, <laughs> and right in the middle, right in the middle of the article that was the funniest thing I've ever read about news about them is so funny. And then I'm scrolling down, reading the article, and what do I see? I see an, I see an ad for this squatty potty. Right in the middle of the ad of the people I don't like, I'm reading along. And then I look and there's this giant toilet. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening here? And I told you, I go, I just saw an ad for the Squatty Potty, the greatest invention ever. I couldn't believe it. Right in the, right in the middle of the ad of the people I hate. I'm reading a story about people I hate. And the first thing that pops up is a giant toilet. <laughs> I've seen it all, Carver High. I have seen it all. Clippers up 10 on the box in the third with 246 left. I have to go back to the uh, Elite Eight game. Is it any good? I pray to God that they've cut the lead or are they still at halftime. They are still at halftime. Did I not tell you that they have now about a half hour halftime? Oh, oh, oh they're downtown. They're in a TV timeout. Garber, I can't even play Motley Crue on this show. I'll get sued. He's very upset about it. We've told him about it, and they told us to mind our own business. Everyone's going to get sued. Girls, girls, girls. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton, for the stay. All right, Pharrell on the bench with Carver High. Baylor's up eight with ten and a half minutes to go in a timeout in the final Elite Eight game of the night. Houston a winner by six over Oregon State, and they go to the final four on Saturday. Is that how they're doing it? Saturday and Monday again per uh, usual, Carver High? Yes, that is as standard as always. Two games on Saturday and then the championship game next Monday night. Because they... uh, you know, changed the tournament this year. They had I, the, 
I, I actually think they change it for the better. I think they should keep it this way forever. I think that the first weekend, Friday through Monday, was great. And I thought that this weekend, Saturday through Tuesday, is better than Thursday to Sunday. I think it's better. Oh, I think it's so much better. It's not even funny that we have a game t- uh, tonight, two games, and two more tomorrow. Are you kidding? It's not even close. It's way better. There's nothing worse than waiting a full week for the games uh, from Sunday to the following Saturday and then Monday, right? So I just thought that the way they played it this time with the games on Mondays and stuff like that uh, was great. Whatever it was, how, how long did it go? Did it Was it just Mondays or something? It was Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, those first uh, weekends, yeah, the first right? the first weekend they did the first four on Thursday night, then they did the first round Friday, Saturday, round of 32, Sunday, Monday, which was cool because you got the Monday night games and right. what I thought was great was usually the Sweet 16s Thursday, Friday night, and you have two games going on at once. But, but but the way they did it this year, you had the four games in a row on Saturday, four games in a row on Sunday, and then two tonight, two tomorrow. I thought it was better TV-wise. There was no games overlapping. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it was way better. Uh, do you think they'll keep it the same way? Do you think they'll, they've learned from their errors in their way and that they, they actually uh, have a new formula? I hope so. Um, I mean, I know that they were in a very different circumstance this year because everybody is in the same place. But I don't see why you couldn't still do it this way if teams were spread out at different sites all around the country. I don't see why you still couldn't have the TV schedule the way that it is. Don't you think that Emmert is such a tool that he actually, it, it would help him recover his, frankly, lost reputation as it stands now? I mean, I hate to say it, but I'm right. I mean, you know, I'm not even trying to be a jerk right now, but he has failed in so many ways. And I know, you know, some people would say he's done a hell of a job, but he's had glaring mistakes. And just, you know, so we don't spend a lot of time going through the litany of problems he's dealt with uh, poorly. He did it again at this tournament worse than ever. So why not just go to the coup de gras? The coup de gras would be uh, his last episode of failure, which was the women, how they uh, got really disserviced by the NCAA. Uh, It was a disservice to them. It was embarrassing the way they were treated. Uh, You know it as well as I do. I'm not going to waste a lot of time on it. It's simple. The men got everything. The women got nothing. Uh, The men got it all. The women got shafted. And that's all there was to it. And it was so embarrassing that they couldn't even literally fix it. Like it was too late. Like they had ruined it already, so there was no point in trying to save face. They destroyed everything. And then he said, in proving his, the audacity of this guy, he said, you know, when this is over, I'll talk to you about it. When this is all done, the tournaments, uh, I'll sit down and discuss the problems. With wow. Him. Well, th- thanks a lot for that, Mark, after the fact. Wow. What a, what a guy you are. Thanks so much. So here's the deal. Who cares? Uh, anymore. It's too late, right? So my point being, in the end here, we come around the carousel and the the story remains. If he were to change the tournament to the way it is now, I think it would actually help his terrible reputation as it stands. He's already got uh, just the worst reputation. I said this, he taught Miles Brand. And that's it. And I have no grudge against this guy at all. You know, it's different with, with, like, Tortorella, Mike. With Tortorella, I just want to beat his ass. I, I, You know, I just want to beat his ass. Yeah, you don't like John. And I, I want to beat his ass. He needs to be smacked around the way he treats people. So I'm going to, I want to treat him the same way with my fist. And then the other one, I don't want to hurt him. But the deal is... Like if, you know, my problem with Tortorella is the way he treats people. So if you want to treat people that way, then somebody needs to treat you that way. That's the old saying, right? Uh, You know, the only way to shut a bully up from his uh, ramblings and doings is to beat their ass, right? So that's what I want to do with him. The other guy, Emmert, I could care less about his failures. I really, he's just, he's, you know, I think been laughable. So I, I just laugh at him continuously. And I actually don't think the NCAA needs to be run so uh, with such ineptitude really i think they could do better and i think that you know they're probably my guess would be smart people have had that conversation already 
my guess would be that the smarter people have already had that dinner where they uh, actually wore their masks and drank five bottles of red and said, Mark's a male organ. We need to get rid of him. Right, Carver High? That's exactly what they said at the dinner. They said, Mark's, Mark's a male organ. Send him home. That's, <laughs> That's it. They've already had that dinner. And it was at a really good restaurant. <laughs> you just made the list, buddy. Anyway. So uh, I did want to mention one other thing. Uh, by the way, the game has gotten tighter. It's uh, Yes. I was going to mention that to you. There's a lot game. going on here. I'm not going to lose uh, track of the game. I did want to mention Mike Woodson, though, right? Fair enough. Yes. You did want to mention that. Here is why I believe, uh, and I, I, I don't want to sound like the guy that's, you know, I, I really don't want to sound like that guy, the, the guy that went to school there. So, so he just, no matter what they do, he supports it. Is there anything worse than that fan? I love the hire. <laughs> Every guy they hire. I love it. I'm, we're headed in the right direction. Every guy they Get hire. Get a hold of your fans. You know, these fans follow the, the candy, like a dog. And, uh, so I'm not that guy. I, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll eat it when I'm wrong about uh, coaches, hires, whatever. I thought Archie Miller would be a great hire, and he was the worst coach they ever had. Does that sound better? All right. So this guy, uh, I know, and I don't know Archie Miller, but I don't like him. I thought he was terrible there. And then I do like Mike Woodson because I know him, and – uh, he's a Hoosier. He was on the 76 national championship team. He is one of Knight's guys. Knight loves him. All the alumni love him. Everyone that ever played basketball at Indiana loves him. Uh, he coached in the NBA for 25 years. He actually won with the Knicks. Uh, he lost a lot, but they all do. All NBA coaches lose. And it's a tough way to make a living. And he even said it today in an interview. He said, um, guys that are in pro that go college, they do a lot better than the college guys that go pro. He's like, I think I can do well. And uh, here's the deal. Uh, I think parents will let their kids play for Mike Woodson because, A, he's a legend uh, at Indiana. And B, he was a night guy. And C, 25 years coaching in the NBA. Just the fact that he coached in the NBA for 25 years is, for any kid, has to be, like, eye-opening. It'd be, like, in awe of the guy. You'd be like, oh, my God, I'm playing for this guy. It's no different than uh, Juwan Howard. But uh, let's face facts. Uh, Mike Woodson has more experience than uh, Juwan Howard. Now, I think Juwan Howard's done a great job. That's irrespective of what we're talking about here. I think that it's simple. Uh, Woodson coached longer, and then now he's going to college after the fact, after Howard already did it and has done so well with Michigan. And Michigan is loaded with talent, and Indiana isn't. Uh, Indiana has three Mr. Basketballs, and they still suck. It's just unbelievable uh, that they have all that talent, and, and they suck. I mean, they really are average at best. That they were never good under Archie Miller. People say, oh, he was 20 and 12. They still sucked. Everyone that goes to Indiana that has seen them win three national championships, five total, anyone that's seen that knows that this just isn't good basketball. You know what I mean? When you've won national championships and you've seen Bob Knight there for 30 years, none of this works. None of it. 20 and 12 don't even work. I saw 20 and 12 teams lose to Cleveland State in the NCAA tournament in 86. Just an average Indiana team. That's what, uh, that's what R.G. Miller had. So I think this guy can recruit with uh, his background, his, his aura, his fame. Everyone knows that he was in the NBA and that he played at Indiana and won a national championship. Everybody knows uh, who he is. And, uh, you know, the, all the support in the world from everyone that ever played there that loves him. He's going he's gonna to be disciplinarian. He's definitely going to be a hard ass if you, uh, you know, there's going to be rules. And there's going to be uh, 
credibility. You're going to have to earn it. You're going to have to earn that. And there's going to be expectations and there's going to be hard work and you're going to go to class. And that is it. It's going to be old school. You're going to go to class like he had to. I guarantee it. Bob Knight, you didn't go to class. You didn't play. Not one Saturday. If you didn't go to class, you didn't play the whole effing year. If he caught you blowing off a class, you never touched the floor. He wouldn't even let you practice. You were done. How many kids do you think in this class? None. How many of them graduated? 100% graduation. They all went to class and they all graduated. All of them. Because that was how Bob Knight rolled. And I guarantee you, Mike Woodson is going to use those same ethos. He's going to have the exact same. uh, He's going to be such a nurturing coach. Go to class or die. That's it. So what do you want when you send your kid to college? You want him to get an education, right? Because you know he's probably not going pro. So why not get an education, get a degree, and take advantage of your full ride at one of the great basketball institutions of all time and play for a coach that was in the NBA for 25 years that won a national championship under Bob Knight. So he has to be a god because he worked and played for Bob Knight. And now he's back running the program. Knight's like, there could be no one better to run our program than this guy. Now, who are you going to listen to, me or Bob Knight? I don't even care how old he is. He's still smarter than anyone that knows anything about Indiana basketball. When he moved back to Bloomington, the best thing that ever happened to that city was that he came back and went to that school a couple of years ago and let that grudge go. Carver, you saw it when everybody was bawling. Do you know what that guy means to Indiana basketball? They haven't won since he left. So all the all the green big you know Sweet Sixteen trips and Big Ten titles, that's not winning. That's not winning at Indiana. At Indiana, you either win it all or you suck. (laughs) It's that simple. It's that simple. There's no, you know, making it to the Elite Eight or Final Four. When you go to the Final Four, you win it. Or you suck. It's that simple. We got a four-point game. Arkansas has fought back. Six and a half left and rolling. Carver Hodge chewing his nails. But now another six-point lead after Mitchell gets to the 10 off the glass with the kiss. It's Pharrell on a bench. Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen pose that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories. Stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country, including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We've seen all the video call fails by now. The mute button mishaps, the cat cameos, people not realizing the camera's on when their pants are off. But none of this makes Fred feel any better about giving an entire sales pitch, mistakenly using a filter that turns him into an itsy-bitsy baby duck. How do I turn that thing off? It's too late, Fred. It's too late. When you realize it's better to do business in person, it matters where you stay. Welcome to the Hilton Garden Inn, Fred. The meeting room is right down the hall. Hilton. For the stay.
How about a free throw miss and a lane violation by Arkansas? They're just giving the game away. It's like, here, let's go miss two free throws and have a lane violation. He missed the free throw anyway. So, uh, but they're just, you know, blowing opportunities. I saw the wide open three, uh, easy look, top of the key. It's a free throw to me. You got to knock that down. You're down six, knock it down. You're down three. Now they're down eight. And there's four minutes left in the game, and they don't have the pill. And I got to tell you, this guy, Mitchell, to me, and then there's a three dagger just to finish him. It's an 11-point game now. That's a dagger three by Baylor. I have to tell you, I think the kid Mitchell is a very ultra-aggressive defender and a very physical guard. So I think that uh, here's Arkansas with another miss and a Baylor rebound. This game's over. So uh, your boy... Uh, Mitchell, he plays so he's got the rock right now. Very physical guard, not afraid of contact at all. He's like a he's like a running back. He literally is a bull in a china shop, and uh, he is not afraid of physicality, roughhousing. I mean, you know, this kid was an animal when he was a kid. His mom couldn't control him. She tried to give him soup. He threw it at her. He wanted a steak. There's something wrong with him. He's got the way he guards the ball. And the way he uh, dribbles the ball right through body, like he'll run right through you and just say something about your mother. I love that about him. You could tell he's just a badass. The guy for uh, Baylor, Mitchell, the, the point guard, he's he's nothing but nothing but power moves. He's got a physical demeanor about his dribble drive is with physicality and shoulders and chest. He'll drive right through you and call you names. And then uh, he'll defend you and make you a B. You're afraid of him. You're, you're scared to death. In fact... When the game's over tonight, the kid from Arkansas uh, that he's been guarding all night, he's going to have nightmares. He's going to have to go see a shrink starting uh, next week. I'll see you tomorrow at 4 on Coast to Coast. We'll do it again tomorrow night on the bench with another doubleheader Elite Eight style. See you then. Great job, Carver High. Peace. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts.